Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Average to Savage podcast used to be normal, but I'm trying to transform, so I had to break it out of badass rap song, a lot of opportunities we had to pass on raw entrepreneur what they telling me we got interviews with artists and celebrities going in depth because the shallow interviews never been lit download our apple spotify with the interest please don't challenge me inspire people every day with personality and how we make it pop off we be fresh a lot of ops in the game you could be next stay focused right now and bump it on the drive with a morning coffee on the train running we alive Average the Savage Podcast, do the damn thing. And Paul Guarino, we bring it in. And now we got all your listeners, so take it from the top. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Ben Baller. Ben, how's it going? What's up, man? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Uh, congrats on the Seahawks win tonight. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a good win. It was a good win. I mean, it's fucking e- easy win. <laughs> sure. Honestly, tell you, we were doing some bullshit, and it was like a... I also don't think we really went and played very hard. We we're doing some weird, weird plays and um, some experimentation. It was, they're just a really awful team, man. It's just pretty. It's pretty bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, always funny to hear, <laughs> just hear you go off on your podcast about the uh, Seahawks. I mean, I feel you know, dude. You gotta remember, man. Philly. I mean, these guys were in the fucking Super Bowl just a few years ago. One, you know, what I'm saying they have the most vicious fans in the world. They just yeah. suck this year, bro. They just fucking trash. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go back to uh, your sports career. Um, how'd you how'd you just get started playing like football and basketball? You know what, man? Um, basketball is something I was kind of playing at like seven, eight years old. And I think about it now; it's so crazy. My son can't even fucking dribble the ball. It's just, and me and my wife are kind of had the conversation like, it ain't in the books for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just ain't. I think gaming is just going to be his thing. It just, it just that's what it is. And, um. It's different times, you know, uh, and um, I commend some of the parents out there that that have taught their kids. And my parents never taught me anything. I mean, my dad tried to teach me, teach me how to ride a bike, but thank God I had an older brother. And um, even he didn't really put the basketball in my hands, but he got me into basketball. And, you know, I, I played and I, I was OK. You know, I played like I played in school, played in junior high. I played for the team in junior high. I moved around a lot. That was the problem. So from sixth grade to ninth grade, I went to six schools, bro. Mm. So six schools, you know, it, it was it was a lot. And um, up till about maybe eighth grade, I was probably the best player. Except I never went to a camp, you know. I, I, and if I had I wanted a camp, you know, or gone to certain things. 
you know, now it's, it's on a whole different level. I mean, bro, you can get an ankle sprain and not be back in the day. If you got an ankle sprain, you might be out two, three months. Like you aren't even out for a week or two. Now you can just get technology is so crazy now, you know, with just the way things are. So, um, I remember right around 13 or 14, I think I was in eighth grade. I started to learn some fundamentals defensively. Um, I fucked around with them. They're football on the street. You know, I, mean, I grew up in Koreatown, bro. It wasn't like really not parks and shit, but you know, um, I grew up watching football, loving football. But I didn't really start fucking with football until like, again, you know, really late high school. So basketball was something that I always felt like, you know, was my shit. Um, back in the day, there was a thing called Slam and Jam. Slam and Jam was, um, I know AAU was prominent now. I don't know how old you are, but AAU has always gonna, it's been around for a while. But Slam and Jam was like another league that was dope. And I had a mentor, this guy named Derek. Um, fuck, man, I just thought the other day, I was like, man, you know what? There's some people that used to work for me that I talked to every single day for three years. I don't remember their fucking name anymore. Um, Derek fucking shit, man. I can't remember his fucking name. He was, a, he was a really good fucking player too. It was crazy. He, um, I started playing at the YMCA and we had a team there. We were playing boom. And, and I just started getting better. Started learning defensive skills. My freshman year in high school, I played football. Didn't make the basketball team my freshman year. That kind of broke my heart. It was down to me and another guy. And because the other guy was a good citizen, this is really, this is real shit. He had like a 3.8, 4.0 GPA. He's a good citizen. And he had, you know, so like, that was kind of like the breaker. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You know, like, and again, you know, you get to high school, you know, you go through junior high, junior high, whatever, and you go to a big high school, 3000 students. Obviously it starts weeding out things. Then you go to college, then you go to the pros. You start seeing, oh shit, this motherfucker was the man in high school, college, boom. Then you get to the pros and shit. You just may not, may not happen for you, even though you're a good player. Some things you don't gel with a certain offense, defense, some team, whatever, who knows, maybe not coachable. I started to realize that in high school, I said this in my podcast, I feel like every time I figured out what I was good at, it was already over. You know what I mean? It's only four years of high school. It's only four years of college. Well, I redshirted, so I could have had more, but you know, like by the time I finished college, high school, I was like, fuck, if I just go back, do you know what I mean? One more year, I figured it out now. Does that make sense or no? I mean, um, and um, my sophomore year in the middle of JV, there's freshman football, there's JV, and then there's, 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 there's varsity. I'm freshman football, then I went to JV. In the middle of JV, I got brought up to varsity right before the playoffs. And... Um, I played offense, played defense a little bit, but I was scared to hit. I don't think I've ever talked about this before, ever. And then it took to finally playing with people who, cause I, you know, I was like an average size dude. Mm-hmm. It took for um, me finally didn't want it. I was like, nah, bro, I can't let this dude do this to me. And something snapped. I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. It's a Jim Carrey movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has like a multiple personality disorder yeah. and um, something snaps in the head and you lose it. One day I got my shoulder popped out. I don't know if you ever played football before or no. No. Baseball. 
Okay. So in football, it's not common, but it happens. I mean, it's more, more, but you wear pads, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. When you get hit in the shoulder really, really hard, you can throw your shoulder in shock where you've never felt it. It's like, think about getting the wind knocked out of you, but imagine it's your shoulder. Like I've never felt anything like that. I thought like, it was almost as if your shoulder is going to like, like Thanos hit you and it's going to fall off. And at that point I was like, yo, dude, there's girls out here watching you. You know what I mean? Like you play on in, in, in the field and there's like, there's a track and field. There's a lot going on in the field. Football's ours, but the track around it, you know, there's a lot going on. So I was like, Hey man, I got to snap out of it. And at that point I just turned into a different person. So my junior year, you know, um, 1100 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns, the whole nine, start playing basketball. I love playing basketball. And I was decent. I just wasn't good enough. Football, I feel like I wasn't even as good as football as I was in basketball, but I knew how to cheat the system. I can, you know, I can see, I, I knew exactly, you know, how to run plays. And then I just knew how to, um, it was a different type of game. Uh, you know, I, I, I applied to a bunch of schools just to see if I could walk on. And um, obviously USC, UCLA, um, Loyola Marymount at the time, I was a big Hank Gathers fan, rest in peace. He was probably maybe, I don't know if you know about basketball, but he's probably one of the greatest basketball players ever. Like he probably, he would have been, no bullshit, dude. He, he, would, he would have been, I think, I mean, him and Len Bias would have been, you know, probably some of the greatest players ever in the history of basketball, ever. But, you know, he had a dying heart attack, heart attack. LMU was a small school. They didn't have a football team, so that was kind of going to be a problem. And I was a very poor academic um, student. So, um, you know, with a bunch of help, I couldn't even get a UCLA. I was willing to walk on, and my dad was a fucking professor there. He ran the Asian Study Department. We had not just that, we had a dean of one of the colleges write me a recommendation that I couldn't even get into UCLA. It's really embarrassing, you know, it's pretty embarrassing. You can't get, you know, like, and again, back then, if you had money, it'd be a different story. But I mean, my dad made $35,000 a year, which is, you know, equivalent to maybe like 80 or 90 grand now. And 80 or 90 grand sounds like a lot of money, but if you have three kids or anything else, it's really not, you can't even live, you know, anywhere. You're, it's like that weird lower middle, or like that weird middle-class thing where like you can't really, you know, and then people in the hood would be like, well, we don't make any money. It's, it's just, it's not a, it's, it's a different thing. Um, my, my, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, um, we weren't rich at all. Um, so, you know, I got a scholarship at Cal last minute. And, um, the funny thing was all my stats were good. Everything was great. My senior year, I transferred. And I think I said that on my pocket, if you pay attention, I transferred and I barely got to play and I had to go to a different school, but I played enough to where, you know, I was able to, to, to do my thing. And, and it was cool because I was in the Bay Area as well. Mm-hmm. But then when I got to college, I said all the wrong things to all the people on the team. Like I would be like, I thought I was trying to be, trying to be too cool. Like, right. oh yeah, man, with Beverly, I know this person, this person, this person. And I just think people are just like, yo man, shut the fuck up, China, man. I was really out, you know, like just not, even though I was cool in my school, this was a whole different thing. And nobody from school was there. You know, I, mean, I was like, on my, I was literally solo dolo. So, you know, um, I got, uh, I got bullied mm-hmm. and, um, they took my cleats. They took, uh, you know, played AstroTurf. So, um, if you know what AstroTurf is like, you like, you'd wear like, like soccer shoes almost, you know what I mean? Not cleats, but like, you know, like, like Turfs. even a lot of players wear Jordans. 
So I had no shoes. I only had my cleats and um, 118 guys, somewhere around there, 108 guys in two days in hell week in camp. And the first day, like 30 people quit. And I wasn't one of them. So I felt like, hey man, you know, I'll make it in camp, boom. And I remember we had a freshman meeting and the coach sat down with all the freshmen. We had like dinner, it was like 11 of us. And he's like, hey man, you're out here doing, you know, you're doing your thing, you know, Michael David, hey man, you're doing great and you're doing it. And he's like, Yang, I gotta be honest, man, you're dogging it. I couldn't fucking believe he said that in front of everyone. He goes, hey man, you're just, I'm just gonna let you know you're dogging it. Like you're, you, you, got, you gotta figure something out. You gotta, you gotta step up. Cause you're just not, you're not making it out here. And um, not only that, I wasn't a star. So I sure acted like, well, that was the worst part. I acted like I was the shit, you know? And um, uh, I had the cleanest uniform, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was just talking shit, whatever. And uh, you know, I couldn't cut it. I couldn't cut D1, I couldn't cut um, one, the level of intensity. I couldn't, I wasn't strong enough. And I was the strongest I ever had been at that point. I went through the entire summer training to lift weights and certain things. And then I realized, man, this ain't shit. But it was better than the average man, of course, but I, mean, I can't be the average man, I'm playing football. And I remember like, I was, I was really strong, but genetically I was Asian, you know what I mean? So my bones were small, I'd have a big frame. Um, I was six feet, you know, like about 180. And um, again, average. And yeah. so I just, you know, I ended up transferring the schools, man. I said, let me get some playing time. Fuck this. And on top of that, Cal didn't have a, didn't have a, um, a film program. Um, didn't have any kind of film school at all. They had communication. So, you know, it was just better for me to transfer to division two. Went to SF state. It was a lot easier. I was playing. Um, I was out there busting my ass boom and I was playing basketball too. I got to walk on the team. And that was where I really got to like, damn, man, I'm playing. I'm the first Asian American in the, in the history of the university to play basketball and football. And we get to play against, you know, two or three D1 schools a year in basketball, guard Steve Nash, two years in a row, got to play football with some of the biggest. Um, Larry Allen is, I think, I think he's in the discussion to be either the best in the world or the second best. There's no, he's not top three, he's, number, he's top two. He's either the best lineman in the history of football or he's the second best lineman ever in history of football. And this dude played for Sonoma State and I had to play this guy. And I remember on a screen pass, I went straight through this motherfucker and it felt like I hit a cement wall. In fact, I'd rather hit a cement wall than hit this dude again. So that was pretty much the gist of, you know, all my playing days. And then um, um, I think I mentioned it briefly. I thought maybe I can try to play some ball in Beijing at the time, play pro. And, and uh, it was for like, um, 17 grand for, it was, it was just really bad. I didn't even last a month, bro. I got really sick out there. I was like, fuck this. I'm coming home. And then that was it for, for sports. I was done. That's crazy. Do you have any, uh, pictures of you playing basketball? There's probably a picture somewhere. You know what? Last year in January, I promised to go back to the university. I have not gone back to SF state in almost 30 years. Yeah. 26 years. Right. I posted a picture of me walking off the court and um, you know, this is like actual film, you know, there's no like, you know, yeah. and um, I posted a picture of the scoreboard where it has, you know, every time you walk in the gym, you see your name. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And the coach's daughter, she commented, the picture's still up somewhere. And the coach's daughter commented, she's like, Hey man, 
just so you know, I'm coach Thomas's daughter. And we used to be behind the bench talking about her. It's crazy because she's a grown woman. She's married to somebody on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't really pay attention, but she messaged me. She goes, Hey, my dad wants to talk to you. And the thing is her dad treated me so much like shit. I don't really know if I'm ready to talk to him. You know what I mean? But like, obviously I've become successful. He wants to say, yeah, I'm sure he wanted to say congrats. He was pretty genuine about it. But, um, I want to go back to university because a lot of people thought I was lying. And then they think somebody worked at SF state and they pulled up records and said, Hey man, um, you average 1.2 points a game. And I was like, Hey man, 1.2 points a game ain't bad. Two assists. You know, I was like, Hey man, I was, you know, um, how many people could even say that at all? Right. How many people could say they play two sports in college? Yeah. Three. I mean, I played even three at one, one year they needed a ringer. And the crazy thing is the championships. So I'm going to tell you this crazy story. I don't think I ever, maybe I did tell, I'm not sure. Cause my brain is so out of it, but, um, we're playing against UC Davis. So the, the bus, now I just finished football season. It just finished football season overlap with basketball season. I yeah. just finished football season. We're playing against UC Davis in basketball and I missed the bus. The bus is taking us to UC Davis, probably like a 45 minute drive or whatever. It's by Sacramento. I don't know if you know the Bay area, but um, UC Davis is a pretty good school. You should probably heard of, at least you heard of UC Davis. Yeah. They're D one now. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened was, the coach at the wrestling team said, Hey man, how much do you weigh? And I was like, Oh, like about, and I, by the way, when I did play football, I shed, you know, you playing basketball, you're running more, right. It's different type of, so I shed down to like 172 or something. And the guy's like, Hey man, can you get to 167? I heard you used to wrestle. And as I wrestled a little bit, I wrestled once. He's like, Hey man, all you got to do is shake the guy's hand. You know how wrestling works or no? Yeah. Somewhat. Okay. If you forfeit, you lose seven points. Okay. If you lose the match, you only lose like two points. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, so better to go in there and lose yeah. than just forfeit. So the guy's like, man, can you make the weight? And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I love eating, you know, eat. I mean, I was on a, like a 10,000 calorie a fucking day. I was, like, I was eating like crazy because food is free and everything's taken care of. So I, I got down to 167. I went in there and the coach was like, hey, man, I just hope you can fucking, you know, can you can you at least try to like, I was like, man, I don't fucking wrestle with these guys. This is the fucking, for the state championship in college? Dude, you said shake his hand and go on there. So I'm going to shake his hand and try to do what I can. I think I lasted like almost a minute until he pinned me. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I kind of felt like, fuck, you know, I don't know if you're, see, if you wrestle, it's crazy. Like a wrestling match is like, like boxing matches, three rounds, three minutes, right? That three mm-hmm. minutes you exert so much energy that you're literally out of gas. I could play, I could play fucking four 20 minute fucking quarters and you know, that football, basketball is totally different. College is halves, right? I'm saying I could play four 20 minute quarters before I can go do it. Like wrestling is, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, how much you exert yourself. And I kind of hurt myself. So I get second in state just for going and entering. And I have a certificate somewhere. Ben Yang, 167 pounds, second in state, NCAC, conference and so after that i get in my car and i fucking fly up to uc davis to go play the basketball game i get pulled over for going 100 back in the day 100 was a big deal like cops will fucking this cop pulled his gun out he was tripping and i badger johnson had just got hiv it's my favorite player of my entire life so on my driver's license i covered my picture and i put a picture of maddie johnson over my over my license Totally forgot I had that, just whatever. It was just something because I, I, I just, he was, I was a big fan of his. 
So when I got pulled over, I gave him a license. And it, was, it was a black cop. He's like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And I was like, oh my God, hey man, man, Johnson's my favorite player. Listen, I swear to God, there was no Google back then. Do you know what I mean? This is 1992 maybe. And I'm like, I swear to God, you could go and look at my gym bag. I got nothing in the car, whatever, search me. I play basketball for San Francisco State University. I am driving to, to, to UC Davis because I missed the thing. And he was pretty cool, man. He just cussed me out, whatever, boom. He didn't give me a ticket. I get to UC Davis, my shoulder shirt, whatever, boom. And um, I remember I get in the game and I remember, I'll never forget, I missed both free throws in that game. It was just like, it was a fucking, it was a shitty fucking game. But uh, that was like, you know, one of the crazy stories. So I read uh, a coach gave you the nickname, Ben Baller. Yeah, Brian Fogle. I think he's, uh, he was, uh, I think he might've coached. He actually, funny thing is Brian Fogle played with, my old coach played with uh, Steve Kerr at Arizona. Okay. and um they're the same age which is crazy right um and uh he gave me my name in 92 ben baller and um just stuck with it it was crazy what about why do you wear 42 uh 42 is uh so i was uh well the crazy thing was there was a guy at my high school his name was willie crawford he wore number 24 so 24 was my favorite number at, as a freshman. I was like, damn, I want to be like this dude, Willie Crawford. This motherfucker's a beast. This dude is a, I mean, this guy was like, he was a huge running back, like Krishna Koye size. It was huge. And so I was 24. The crazy thing is 24 is a very significant number in my life now because it's my son's birthday. He was born at 24 and it was Kobe's number and boom. But this is so many years before Kobe because I'm older than Kobe, you know what I mean? So what I did was, I was a, a James Worthy fan, you know. Um, I was I was actually a fan of James Worthy when he was at North Carolina, same time with Jordan was. Yeah. Then he went to the Lakers. He was forty two, and it just stuck. I was forty two in. Um, I was forty two in. Uh, let's see here, forty two. Forty two in. Uh, I'm wearing forty two years. Shit. Yes. <laughs> We're forty two in in, in uh, all through high school, all through college. So I was forty two all forever. That was it, and just it just stuck with me. Yeah, it's dope. I mean, it's crazy too. Obviously, your daughter's fan, Jackie Robinson, all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think I even knew Jackie Robinson until probably. I mean, as far as forty two, I didn't put the correlation together until maybe, bro. By the time I was fucking thirty, like, <laughs> like two, year two thousand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, would you say you grew up with a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, man. Come on, bro. Oh, shit, I want to look fucking car on my shoulder, bro. All right, so then take me, take me. I know you always say you worked at Burger King, but take me some th- uh, through some other odd jobs you had. Um, right before I worked at Burger King, I worked at this. Place, I worked at Subway, and now the crazy part was, you ready for this? There was less than twelve Subways in the world. That's crazy. That's how long ago this was. So, was is it was it was in California? Because yeah, I, but Subway was was based. It was supposed to be about subways, you know what I mean? Like New York. But I don't think there was even a subway sandwich in New York. Yeah, no, it's based in Connecticut. It's right, it's right where I live. Subway, was, was, was the, the company was based in Connecticut? No, that, yeah, headquarters is still here. I know, but was the first one in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy was from Connecticut. So there was like, you know, there's like a dozen in the, in, in the, in the country. Yeah. And um, I think they're actually global now. They're, they're like in, the, in Asia, whatever. Anyways, there was, this was just one of the very few. And I worked the fucking subway. 
And the funny thing is there's things I'll never forget how to cut bread and how to do certain things. And the funny thing was, I remember like the way that they cut bread now is not the actual way you're supposed to cut the bread. You know, you're supposed to cut it so that the sandwich really fits like the meat and everything will fit in so that the bread actually covers it. And it's, it's different. You know, people get a fucking sandwich, like a, a foot long, they'll cut it right in half. Think of a loaf of bread. They'll cut it right in half, right? Yeah. You're supposed to cut on top and make like an oval cut. And I worked at fucking Subway. And the funny thing was at Subway, I got paid le- I got paid less than minimum wage. I don't know how the fuck that was legally possible. There was some, some kind of crazy stipulation. But I worked there and I hated it. I fucking hated it. Um, the guy who owned Subway, his name is Reza. He, uh, he was my, our neighbor that lived in the building I lived in with my brother. Um, what else, man? I worked at a fucking martial arts supply store. Um, I was a fucking personal assistant, you know what I'm saying? I was a PA. I was, I mean, I don't know what else you want to hear. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. No, no, that's, I mean, the Subway one is dope. My boy used to work at Subway. He used to get free subs all the time. It was dope. And then he gets sick of them. Yeah, you don't get no free subs at Subway. I think... <laughs> If you worked uh, an eight-hour shift, you got a foot long, and if you worked part-time, you got a six-inch. That was it. Yeah, that was that's hilarious. All right, so then take me through like how how did you went from like music career to like jewelry, and then the sneaker flipping. Like actually, like what? Yeah, like what? What was your your biggest break? The the sneaker. I think the sneakers is what financially set me free. You know what I mean? It put me out of debt. There was no more like, like I owe people, I had owe people, I'm sorry, I owed like banks money. I was like, you know, I owed American Express like two grand and I mm-hmm. had fucked off maybe 800 bucks here and there and whatever. And to tell you the truth, that was a lot of money to me back then. Um, if you had like 20K in credit card debt and random shit and you owed it and never had any attention to paying it back and whatever, you know, that could fuck your shit up, you know, and I'm just not anywhere near in that situation ever and, you know, knock on wood, but um you know, I was in debt for a lot of my time in the music career and everything. And, and um, I hated music so much. I just finally, um, I was a DJ as well. So thank God I had a DJ gig. And when I finally got out of music professionally, I stayed in DJing because it was something that I wanted to, to, to um, it was the only thing I loved. It was still, I love music so much. It was like, it was almost 50-50 with sports, you know? Like if you would ask me, could I be an R&B singer or a rapper? Or did I want to be fucking a player for the Lakers? Like, I almost might want to be, the, you know what I'm saying, the rapper or whatever. It was also a lot more glamorous then. I know it's glorified more now, but if you really were good back then, it was it, there was more respect. There are, you know, possibly over a couple million rappers now, you know. There literally might have been maybe 10,000 rappers on the earth. And maybe in the game, there was like maybe 100. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I remember when you would try to get a CD at a record store or get an album. And there might be less than like 30 albums out there. That's how old I am, you know, like yeah. seeing it come up. So like DJs always were cool. You know what I mean? Like there was never a DJ that didn't have good style, who wasn't dressed cool. Cause you know, you're usually in, in an area where you're well seen and people are going to look at you. So you want to have you cool. And, and it was like, you know, I was wearing sneakers before people knew it was cool. It was, it was something cool that I was, I was, I was in sneakers since, you know, fucking third, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. I had Jordans when they first came out. I was getting Jordans. I was working and do whatever I could to get Jordans. So that was something I always stuck with me. And um, the, there was a couple people that I know. Uh, funny thing is Andre 3000 and Big Boy, when they're at an outcast, there was uh, they had a Nike plug 
And that's, I don't remember his dude's name, man, but this guy was a Nike plug at the entertainment. He would give a shit. We would trade him for like CDs and records and stuff. And there was a few people who were in the game that were serious. One dude was named Dante Ross, who's a legend. He's still on social heavy. Um, another one was Fat Joe, of course. So Fat Joe's been around forever. I can't, I can't even tell you how fucking insane that Fat Joe to remain relevant still to this day is insane. Um, another guy named Kelly Wu who worked in my office. And um, Missy Elliott was kind of one of the people that kind of pushed me on uh, keeping my sneaker collection fresh. So, you know, while I was DJing and I was out of the music business, I was kind of keeping the sneaker collection on the side. And then I started selling drugs. When I started selling drugs, I was able to make 5G, 6Gs, 10Gs here. And then I wasn't like heavy in it. I was just, I was under somebody who was like an underboss. And then there was the big boss under him. So um, the easiest thing for me to do to hide the money was buy shoes. So I had nothing to sit on and be like, oh man, you wasted your money. And like, oh, whatever. I never thought, into, I never looked at it like an investment. I just bought shoes and, you know, at a certain point in like 2002, you know, I had over 500 pairs of shoes, you know, it's, it's a lot of shoes. If you really, really think about how many pairs a hundred is. And now when I think about it, I'm like, damn, you know, I'm like, I got down to 40 something, like 42 pairs, 40 pairs, like a year or two ago. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like I've never had this little amount of shoes, but it feels great. And then it's like, damn, I'd love to get down to 15 or 20. That'd be amazing. But, you know, for the longest time, I had 100. Even when I, when I was, I sold my entire collection, you still have shoes, right? And, um, you know, when you get 500 pairs, you're like, God damn. Yeah. And at my peak, you know, in 2004, I had 1,800 pairs of shoes, personals. So, you know, um, I sold my shoe collection and uh, I made money. I paid off any debt I ever had. I paid somebody to fix my credit. I bought a car. I had two motorcycles. I had two cars. Um, I had a BMW 7, uh, 745, which was like the hottest car at the time. I remember like, if you were a big dude in music or anything, you had one. I had one of 22s, crushing it. I had a Ferrari, you know what I mean? And um, I had a fucking Hayabusa motorcycle. I had a GSX-R 1000. So I had two bikes, everything. I had a fresh crib. I had a condo in Beverly Hills. So, you know, I had everything I wanted. And um, the only thing was at the time, um, it was only the time I was ever engaged in my life. And I was engaged to a supermodel and um, I cheated on the girl and she had found out. It was so crazy that she knew that we had been so tight. She just knew like the energy. So she was super spiritual and shit. She knew and it was crazy. She was all the way in Germany. Like, and she knew from a phone call. That's so <laughs> I never admitted it to her. How crazy is that? You ready for that? I never admitted it to her. And um, it was just a fucking weird thing. And I became super depressed. So I, I, I remember, um, it's crazy. I don't really talk about that, but like, cause I don't really cry, you know? Like I, I, I think the last time I really cried hard was like, besides each one of my kids' births, I, I can't think of the last time I really cried. Like it was like, you know, like my boy's funeral chemo. And I was like 16 years ago. Like I, I cried at a couple of funerals early on, but I think I've just seen so much of my life now. Like it's just really, if I'm crying, I'm crying out of joy. And I was really depressed because I was like, yo, man, I thought I was going to get married, man. I was such a douchebag. I got money. Boom. I had bad happiness. So that's when I went out and fucking went to go see the world. And one of my mentors was like, yo, man, go, you know, the USA ain't shit. And I'm glad I learned that early because people who, you know, never been out of the country, they really don't get like 
you won't become worldly or become like that. Again, people don't have the means to financially, but if you could, man, passport is so much more valuable than anything, you know, just going to see the world. Even if it's like the most touristy places, just being there and smelling the fucking, you know, the air and, 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 and feeling the vibe and, and, and experiencing, you know, interacting with different cultures and shit. You know, um, I came back more focused. And I was like, I need to figure something out. Where, where'd you go? Uh, I went to London. I went to the south of France. I went to Paris, Monaco, Monte Carlo, Saint-Tropez. Uh, I went to Italy. And what, what year was this? 2004. Okay. I went to um, Singapore, Hong Kong, Philippines, China, uh, Japan. Went to Australia. Went to a lot of places, man. Been to um, 30, no, I've been 40 countries now, probably. And um, 40, somewhere between that 35, 40 round. I have to sit and count. But um, came back more focused. And I came back like, all right, it's time to make some money. So I always have, to, and no matter what I do, even like right now, I have side hustles. <laughs> My old shit or whatever. I have, I have money just laying around. Side. There's always somewhere to make money for me. Yeah. Um, and I had like a little exotic car business that I was doing. I was renting cars out to homies just to make money on the side. Um, I had, I had, you know, <clears throat> I had a good amount of liquid cash. So there were guys like that played for the Clippers and other teams locally and they couldn't get, um, they would have like one year contracts or two year, three year contracts with the options, whatever, not get re-signed, go ahead and buy a fucking Rolls Royce and not be able to pay it. So I go back like, out, oh, fuck, let me slide in and get this car. You paid 480 grand for it. All right, cool. I'll give you 250 grand for it. And at that point, I would go rent it out for like three G's a day. And the car would never be gone for, um, I would never actually have it in my garage for more than seven days in a month. So if you do the math, you know, 23 or 20 times 3,000, that's 60 grand right there. So yeah. even in 10 months, it's 600 grand, right? You've already bought the car twice. Yeah. So I was like, that's a lucrative business. So I was doing that aside until I finally figured out like, all right, dude, what are we doing here? Figured I get into jewelry. And um, I became a jewelry salesman. I became a jewelry business owner and technically a jeweler. But I didn't become a jeweler jeweler master-wise with my hands until like um, late 2009. Okay. And then what, like, what made you want to be like an entrepreneur? Like, what, or when did you know like that you didn't want to work for nobody? Shit. <laughs> 97, 98 maybe. That doesn't mean you could be an entrepreneur. I mean, well, no, you can't. I was gonna say you could be a broke entrepreneur. I just knew I was. I just wasn't gonna be able to work in an office anymore. I can't be in an office and and um, on my behalf because I'm such. I'm a toxic person. So I think I go into places and I just don't like. You know what I mean? Some people just can't. Like I had a hard time for people working under me. People work under me for a long time. Um, I have employees that work for me now and I keep it very light, but I think my personal assistant is the only person that's really with me on a regular basis. And I think he's gotten so good at understanding me after all these years that he just, he just truly gets it. And he doesn't want to be anything else, but just uh, an extra hand to help, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I don't even think I, I might've fake thought I was a CEO, fake thought I was a boss and all these times when I was VP of a label and all that shit. I don't think I really even became a real boss. Even when I was drinking lean and hanging on my best friend Jonas and we were out buying shit and being stupid and so traveling and stuff. I don't think I truly became a real 
fucking like legit boss until maybe like in this decade, man. How crazy is that? And I was already, I feel you. I don't think I became like a real true entrepreneur, a true Renaissance man until this decade. Do you like that word? What? Entrepreneur. I mean, it's, I don't mind it at all. I don't mind that word. Influencer, I don't like that word at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, what made you want to start a podcast? You know what? I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to start a podcast. How funny. <laughs> First time someone ever asked me, that's crazy. I don't think. Um, I had done Michael Rapport's podcast a couple times. And um, a friend of mine was an actor. He was on a TV show called How to Make in America. He's been in a lot of movies before. His, his name is Brian Greenberg. Mm-hmm. I was just interested. What the fuck is a podcast? So he played me some shit. And I remember back then there was like, you know, several hundred podcasts. Yeah. And now there's over a million, you know. Yeah. Um, I listened to a friend of mine, Austin Rivers, plays for now the Knicks, but he played for the Clippers at the time and he jumped on a Mike Rapport's podcast. So I was like, fuck it. Listen to it. It was pretty cool. I was like, oh man, I want to get on this guy's podcast. So I told my fans to hit up Mike and boom, I get on there and end up being big, one of his biggest shows. I ended up coming back and doing it. I think I did his show twice or three times. Um, and then I did like, you know, I did the Combat Jack podcast and he was one of the very first. Then I did um, Mike Tyson's and things. And then the Dust Brothers, uh, Jordan Miles, uh, who produced Lightly Hearted, which is um, Josh Hart's podcast. Mm-hmm. They produced, um, obviously, Michael Rapport's podcast. They reached out to me and said, hey, man, do you want to do a podcast? I was like, I don't know, man. Said, Look, dude, it's very simple. It's very low investment. I forgot what it said. It was like maybe like $1,300, $1,400 investment just to buy the main equipment that you need. We'll handle the rest. So I remember buying the equipment like in like May or June. I signed a contract with them. We did this deal. Boom. And um, we didn't even launch until fucking August. It took two months of me looking at fucking podcast equipment. Hey, man, what's going on? This is Ben Baller. And uh, yeah, you listen to, I just did. I didn't know what to say. And now yeah. every time I'm like, you know what? This episode is going to be 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Ends up being a fucking hour. I end up having more to say than, than I think, you know? So, you know, here I am. And, and you know, um, how many episodes do you, are you, do you have so far? Uh, over 100. Right. So I'm at 137 episodes in a year and uh, two, three months. And I've been consistent. I drop every Monday and Thursday. And I, just, man, I stayed with it. No, just, props, props to you because doing it solo, like when you're talking to yourself, like I can't, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. It's tough. And you know what? The funny thing is it becomes even harder because having a guest is fucking easy, bro. Yeah, you know, sure. and, and I know, you know, but you know, to go and just talk solo on that ass. It's, 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 um, it's a, uh, it's a trip, man. Are you are you ever like recording by yourself just by yourself and you're like, yo, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> like right. it happens every so often. I'm not gonna lie to you, like for real. It it, it happens. Um I'll, I'll sometimes even be like right look at my notes. I'm like, what the fuck am I did I just <laughs> who wants to listen to this shit? That, that's happened like, three or four times, dude. All I know, I crack up like just your rants because I just think it's hilarious. And I feel like I still haven't got my fucking dick wet. Pause. <laughs> I feel like I have, I feel like at 137 episodes, I feel like I have like 10 good ones, yeah. but I feel like sometimes after I record, I'm like, damn, man, you know, and these are edited, you know what I'm saying? There's things, but I mean like, I, I, and, and, and again, I'm just so fucking busy, you know, like I, I want to do this to return the favor for, for coach Bean, but it's like, man, bro, I gotta lie to you. Like I gotta be up at six in the morning 
And at six in the morning, I got to be somewhere at seven to drop off my car. Boom. Then I got to come back and my kids start Zoom. So it's like, I just don't get, I mean, I get anxiety thinking about it. It actually fucks with yeah, me. You give so, me anxiety when I listen to your podcast, <laughs> listening to what you talk about. <laughs> it, it's a lot, bro. You know, it's, it's, it, it's uh, crazy. Man. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, what about, is there any like guests that you really want to get on? I mean, you know, um, because I'm friends with, um, with uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s serious uh, <laughs> girlfriend. Like until she had brought it up, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't really care. But now like, I'm like, fuck it. You know, I would love to have Dick Stane Jr. on the show and talk to him. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to Barack. Yeah. Um, like, is there anyone that you actually like don't know that you want to get on? Like, cause I'm, obviously you have all the connections, these connections. I mean, Barack would be cool. Um, have you met him before? I've met Barack once. Um, I don't know, I fucking made something for a security detail. Uh, I'd like to have Bill Gates on. I never even thought about that ever. Why not? I'd like to go up. I would like to ask him questions he probably never been fucking asked ever. Um, I'd like to have all the, 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 you know, the big dudes who, you know, who are keeping all PC and shit. Zuckerberg, fucking Elon, whatever. Um. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, I never actually, you know, like be like, oh, would you want to? Who do you have? Like, I mean, I don't know. You know, at the same time, like, I, I get excited sometimes, but at the same time, like, like I'm excited to interview interview this guy, uh, Washington Hose, and have a his reality show debuts next Thursday on on HBO Max. And um, you know, he's not like a a big celebrity or anything. I'm just excited about it. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I like that all. I like all that. I mean. Yeah, you know, the obvious people, you know, I'd love to have LeBron on the show because I didn't like him for so long. And not that I like him now, but I mean, you know, just to be like, hey, man, fuck, you know. Um, sure, you don't give a fuck, but I didn't like you for a very long time and be an interesting interview, you know. Um, uh, I, I'm sure I could think of a bunch of people yeah. that I don't know, you know, but um, I don't know. At the same time, you know, like, like. I'm not really seeking, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I had some friends reach out to Russell Wilson because obviously, but at the same time, I know it sounds crazy. He's so good and everything, whatever. And, he, and I also cuss him out a lot, but because he's so PC and he's so like such a good person, I don't think he, it just doesn't work. Like, I didn't even know he had a, he has a podcast too. Russell does? Yeah. I don't know that. He was, well, he was going to get on the show. And then I think again, you know, I might ask some questions that he didn't want to ask. So I think that would kind of be like, you know, against what he wants to do with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. But um, you know, like anybody who did, who did, you know, like sports is cool. But like, look, like I got random people who no one ever heard of, like this girl Aria, who you know was a bottle waitress, a girl, boom, and she ended up, you know, becoming successful. I like people like that, you know. Yeah. And, yo, you know what's crazy? I listened to the one uh, you got O'Day's sister on, and I the whole time I listened to it, I didn't realize like who it was. And then you said O'Day, and uh, my roommate. Uh, was his uh o-lineman in high school with him they played in new york oh yeah in brooklyn yeah that's dope yeah. Yo, Dick trip, that's dude. why it was crazy and the same- being behind the fucking bench and just telling us you fucking fat shit you fucking bitch fuck you and imagine this guy's like he's just like man jesus christ and then he turns around and sees it's me because he know you know i mean dude, he was a seahawk yeah he turned around he's like he was like I remember he te- he texted me so fucking fast like literally he must have just walked to the locker room and said, fuck you <laughs> but yeah right. I mean look bro like I-, I would love to have just you know random ass people 
um, successful people that haven't, you know, talked about, you know, when the last time they ate some pussy or something, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like one of the coolest, I guess I ever had on was uh, the founder of starter. Starter. Starter brand. Starter. Like starter. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's dope. Yeah. Cause he's from uh, New Haven, Connecticut. That's dope. Yeah. So that one's cool. Like uh, just hearing his story and just like he threw the jacket to uh, like the delivery guy and he got it to Joe Torrey and Joe Torrey Ward and then boom. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I got a few more. Just I know you're. I know you're. Uh, going into the hobby, how is I know you've been. I've been like up and down because I know you were hyped at the beginning, and now you kind of got. You're like, yeah. So what's? Oh no, no, don't don't say that. I'm just you know it's um. You know you're like. Basketball has a lot of games in a season, right? Yeah. Was it 84, 82 games? What is it? Um. 82. Yeah. Um. And baseball has even more. Yeah, 162. It, it, it's a lot, bro. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah. I don't think anybody puts in the same work as I do. And I, I feel bad to say that, but I mean, you know, I'm really going out here pushing this shit heavy as a motherfucker. And I know I'm responsible for also a lot of its success. I have no problem saying that without any ego or nothing. You know, I've heard it. I've, I've, I've and because I've been told from very important people from the opposing companies. You know, and I don't need to say the exact names, but the, the companies that are rivaling tops in any kind of sports card business, you know, I've heard it from a lot of people like, hey, man, this dude's really, you know, he's out of your fucking move with units, whatever. Um, for me to come in the fucking fourth quarter, and I'm sorry, in the third overtime, and that's where we are right now. I'm like, so everyone's burnt out. Yeah. For me to drop this Ken Griffey today and come gang bang hard, it's, it says a lot, man. I'm not patting myself on the back either. I'm just saying right now in the first hour of my Ken Griffey drop, I sold more than the, the almost every card did in the last two weeks prior to me in the whole print run mm-hmm. right than the first hour. What's your, what's your projection projection on that one? Or that guy that always projects. Did you ask him this time? No, I didn't ask him this time. I, I wonder what he, what he thinks. I don't know. He's pretty good. Uh, I think that um, I think I'll break 10k. Yeah, is like ridiculous. Yeah, now. yeah 10k. Is yeah, it was crazy. I mean, that's why I was crazy at the beginning. Um, Gregory Siff just did eight thousand on a trout, and that's like one super low, but that's a really high print one right now. And um, I've been maintaining like right at around five, six thousand, which is like still two, three times you more. Than most, you sold the most so far, right? Oh yeah, I'm appealing. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. I think. And plus, you had the collab. No, not even counting that. Yeah. If I, if I count that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then I'm beyond. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think the second person behind me is like a hundred something thousand, like off. Like it's. Yeah, I'm. I'm but no, right, I'm not about the hobby. I mean, I'm excited. Like next year is going to be great. You know, I can't wait to go to the national. Can't wait to really experience like the real hobby shit, like Gary V style. Get all that going. It's pretty cool. When's the Ben Baller card coming out? Like of you? Oh fuck! I don't know. Why would there? I mean, why would there be a card? I don't know. I mean, because maybe <laughs> I don't know. I haven't even definitely going to be one. I just think the Chrome card was already so big. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there might be a, a, a tops now. You know how they do tops now, which is the current cards. Like. Yeah. No, no, no. They do the ones that like Gary Vee had his own, like they, the Nas- National Treasure, I think. Ones I that- no, honestly, to tell you the truth, man, there's so yeah. many fucking cards out there. I don't know. 
No, yeah, no, they have like just uh, all like famous people. You, I'm, I'm sure you're gonna get one. I think that's Alex and Ginter. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not in. There. I, mean, I have no idea. Who knows? Yeah, no, nah, they're definitely gonna ask you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, top, what about top top three defining business moments for you? Fuck, man. As crazy as it sounds, I think number one has to clear and say just the pandemic for me to be able to transition into the hobby, my BBDTC brand being not birthed, but baptized during the, the thing, you know, and that includes all the gold money counters, the slides, the tees and everything, the merch. I mean, I don't know, man, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it fucking tacky to say what, um, what I end up doing this year. I mean, I don't know. Is, is it, you, you tell me, mm-hmm. I'll let you, you decide. Is it tacky to say what, 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 what the, the what the, what the, what the, um, what I did financially this year? Or do you think that's, is that going to be offensive? Is that going to be? No, nah, cause I kind of feel the same way. Cause um, like when people say like they're doing bad or this year's shitty and I'm just like, like I kind of, kind of killed it because I was already used to working from home and people weren't. And I was, so I was kind of ahead of the curve. I mean, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be close. I'm going to be closing somewhere near $20 million this year on the pandemic, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, I'm with an enormous sports agency with XL sports management. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they have everyone from the, the legends like Peyton Manning, Derek Jeter, and they had them when they were current, um, you know, Tiger Woods currently still. And then they have everyone down to like Blake Griffin and Tyler Hero and all those people and have fuck in the top 20 in the draft. I think they had like eight or 10, in the draft and they have, I, I can't even name how many people are at CJ McCollum. There's so many different stars. They have Kershaw and so many players in the baseball and football and everything. And XL sports, you know, when I signed out with XL sports management, I was like, I was in like thousands, like I was like maybe like 1000 something in the earning list in like April, June this year. Like I was in the top fucking 50. This is NBA. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers are making big money, but they weren't making any money because everything was stopped yeah so that's a, that's a, that's you know it's, it's it's a flex but at the same time i'm excited about it so that's a that's a big defining moment um i think and it's crazy for me to say that above my my you know but and it's it's just because of the situation with the covid but um me selling my sneaker collection definitely had to be an enormous moment right there that was a huge that was that was a big that was a big business move for me because i became a millionaire yeah. and now spring of 2004 and then somewhere in between when we decided to make Icy Fresh into IF and Co and make that into a real brand and it just it globally and flourished. And like, we're like, you know, not just in the conversation, but at the, you know, at the, at the top tier, um, that would probably be the third. Yeah, that's dope. No, I mean, I don't know what the saying is, but it's something like, you know, and stuff, it's like somebody has to, somebody has to come out winning, basically. It's people losing, people winning. I mean, that's just life. Right. But I look at partnerships and collabs. Like sometimes you can't do too many collabs, and some people are collab horse, and some people can't collab at all. And they'll, they'll, they'll whatever. If I can't give the company the same thing that they're giving me, or at least we both can't win, then there's just no point in us doing anything together. That's why I felt like, yo, man, like we gotta both benefit from this, man. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about what? What advice would you give to a young entrepreneur? An entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, again, that term is, you know, it's, it's kind of the it's a wide spectrum, but at the same time, you know, uh, uh, entrepreneur. Now, again, look, man, you could be working, doing well, 
and not necessarily killing it. Like you could be making money in four or five different things. You could also also be taking losses, which some big business people do, but you have these things that could potentially do very well and you're, 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 you're quarterbacking them. Um, you know, man, I, 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 I'm really bad with advice, I think. You know, I, I would say like, you know, um, you know, save your fucking money, man. And, you know, invest in smart shit. I wish I'd invested in more shit, but I didn't have to, do you know, because I made enough. So I didn't have to like, I think investing would be, it's smart, but at the same time, in, in a way, almost be greedy. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? And like, of course, everyone's going to be out there making money regardless. And I'm not going to stop anybody, for, but I don't want to stop anybody from making money. But like, if I don't invest in Tesla now or Bitcoin or whatever, someone else will, that's good for them. Cool. And I want everyone to do well. I just, um, you know, man, I just, I just don't really have, I'm not Gary Vee with that. You know, that's not really, that's not really my thing, man. You know, I just feel like one thing for me is I think I speak to the Asian audience and I want them to understand like, yo, man, if I can make it, mm -hmm. there's no fucking reason why you can't make it. Do you know how much of a fucking absolute dumb fuck I was and how much of a douchebag I was? And I was out in the streets and being silly and fucking up my life and fucking up in school and doing bad here and there. And I fucking finessed this way and that way. And it, I just, I, I turned it around. You know what I mean? I, I ended up making the, you know, I made so many left turns that they end up turning the right turns, you know? So it's just, I don't really have like a lot of advice for these people, you know, like it's, it's, I was able to see things, you know, a mile away. And that was, you know, has that changed now? I don't know. I just, you know, I had Gary Vee on my show. I've had, uh, I have Rich Kleiman on my show. He drops, his show drops this Thursday. He's, he's a huge entrepreneur now. You know, Rich is killing it, not just sports, but media and tech and everything. And both those guys said, I can't wait. I want to live to be a hundred. You know, I want to be working this. And I was like, bro, like, good. Like, I told you, Gary, I was like, God bless you. Motherfucker, I'll be, I'll retire tomorrow if I could. Like, yeah. I work so fucking hard. I'm just, I'm just over it. Like, I just want to be a dad, you know? I hate politics, but that's why I don't understand. Like, if I'm like 77 and I'm rich, like, why would I want to go run for president? Like, I'm just trying to chill. If yeah, I guess Joe Biden is rich, right? I guess I mean, he, he paid. I, I mean, I think Joe Biden probably makes like five or six million a year at least, whatever. He's he's wealthy. Um, and again, man, I don't fucking know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I'm just, like it's weird. I think it's weird. I think it's just a power trip thing. Yeah. I mean, I have no desire being a I would never. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, man. I would love to have Kanye on the show because we're friends and I would love to ask him the questions he would not want to answer. And because we're friends, I would make him answer. I'm like, no, especially yeah. we're in the same room. Yeah. We probably have to touch each other. I'm like, no, listen, no, what? What are you talking about? And security, they all know me. What are they going to do? You're going to sit there and you're going to break me? Motherfucker, I'll fuck you up. I'll shoot you in your house. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I would make him answer the questions, you know, like, all right, you ready for the average to savage question? These are just quick hitters. Let's go. Cool. All right, is there going to be a Ben Baller book or movie? Man, I mean, that was the dream. That was the dream. I was like the pipe dream for like way before any of the podcasts or anything existed. You know, I think you it had to be book. done like how the podcast was done. You know, like how Jordan and them approached me and stuff. I had an agent. And we talked about the book and they like discouraged me. It was weird, right? Like yeah. they discouraged me from doing a book. And I was just like, I mean, ideally I'd love to, it, it's, it's a pipe dream. I'd love to, but I don't know. No, I think you definitely need at least a book. 
I don't, I don't, how don't you have a Wikipedia page? Um, I've actually asked about having one. I don't know. I think uh, my agent finally get a call. I just asked about it recently because I was like, all this fucking time, there's no wiki page. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. This is weird. What about what's your favorite fast food meal? <laughs> oh, no, man. I guess Wingstop. Is that fast food? I don't know. Is that? I, I don't know. I guess. You count it. It'd be Wingstop. I never had a Wingstop. I don't think they had them around here. I think it's either Wingstop or Popeyes or... You know what? It's it's a tie, dude. Wingstop, Popeyes, and fucking Chick Fil A. It's between those three. What about favorite car? Oh, uh, LaFerrari, man. What about favorite song right now? There's nothing new I can even think of. I just don't. <laughs> All, right. All right. What about uh, you getting on TikTok or not? Nah? No. <laughs> I'm too old, man. It's just not me. My daughter is a she's a TikTok prince. She's the princess of TikTok. She's the queen of that shit. She. She loves TikTok. She goes crazy. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's 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 interesting. That's what I'll say. I hate TikTok. Like I, <laughs> I, I hate it. All right. Are you uh, are you still the best jeweler in the world? I mean, it it, it that's a you know that, that's that's a broad question again. To you, in the in the hip hop world, or like you know, in like in like ever, no. It, living, no. Like in Instagram and that shit that people like, you know, that, that think it matters, whatever, like in the, in that, like the hip hop custom shit. Yeah. Oh, it's like, it's to me, it's like a joke, man. It's like, if you, if you had Kobe Shaq and LeBron all in their prime combined in one person playing against Steph Curry, like, it's just not good. I just, I'm just, I'm just way too far advanced, man. That's what you know. All right. Um, who, who's one person that you haven't made jewelry for that you would want to? Or you don't give a shit no more. <laughs> yeah, I just don't honestly tell you the truth. I don't. Yeah, it's so. Uh, it's so. I don't know. It's just funny. Oh man. Um, look, look, look at my face. And, and can you see my face? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't care, bro. Like I don't know how how much more. Like, dude. All right. What about, what about, okay. I know you're making all different kinds of stuff now. Is there anything um, that you want to, that you want to make that you haven't had that, that you didn't haven't made yet? No, <laughs> I'm just going to make shit because we have to make it. You know what I mean? Like I have some collabs coming up. Like even dude, Justin Bieber hit me up the other day about something. And it's just, I just feel bad. Like I just don't want to make anybody shit anymore. You know, just. No, no. I mean like, no, you're coming out with like t-shirts and like the money counters and things like that. I'm saying like, is there any like item that you want to come out with? Oh no, I, I have like six more things coming out. When is this? When do you think this will air? Like two weeks. Oh, okay. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. I have. If it, okay, at least ten days. You think? Yeah, because I, I got one. You're gonna be episode one third or one twelve. I got one eleven to go. So this week. Okay. Early, yeah. I did an all gold mini fridge. It is fucking incredible. It's it's in the fucking other room, but I want to wait. It is fucking phenomenal it is my greatest masterpiece it is it's it's and the thing is it's like it's quality it's beautiful it's it's gonna fuck people up so that's crazy there, there's a you know um there, there's a few things i think contractually i'm not allowed to talk about but major brands i got a couple of things coming out um that i'm excited about you know that's what it- is it, uh, I know you mentioned like Burger King and Subway. Like, did you ever want to do a collab with them or have you done? You well, 
Burger King hit me up, man. They, they hit me up by doing something. We just didn't, we didn't, it didn't end up working out. Well, well that, that'd be like full circle. It would, but at the same time, I don't give a fuck, man. I just, unless, <laughs> if you got a real big bag to do something cool, like I'm just, like if they were like, hey, man, want your own meal? I don't know. Like, you know, like I'm more of a McDonald's person. I just didn't want to work there, you know? Um, like Balvin, I knew about Balvin's collab before he did it. And then obviously Travis Scott, boom, that'd be great. That'd be cool if they did it. But I think at this point, man, it's like, fuck, you know, like, two huge stars did it like why the fuck did you want to get the fucking band i don't know yeah what, what's something people don't know about you yeah not, not that i have like you know that that i've um fuck man that's crazy right like i'm just trying to think like like what um maybe that i'm a loner you know i'm a real loner dude i, I love just being by myself man i go eat by myself a lot i Pre-COVID, I go see a movie by myself. Like I just, I just like being like I really like my own personal time. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. All right. Would you rather own the Seahawks, Dodgers, or Lakers? I mean, to be honest with you, of course, I'd love to own the Lakers. You know what I mean? But it's just a different type of thing. I just feel like it's just there's it's such a massive fucking brand. It's such like you know you're talking about. You know, if you grab the biggest sports teams in the USA. And of course they get bigger than just outside, but it's like, you know, I thought Manchester United was small. I started doing fucking shoes for them. And so I realized they're actually bigger than the Lakers were, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, but as far as the, the USA goes, you know, I mean, that, to me, I think they're the biggest, I mean, it's going to be a battle between them and the fucking Yankees, but I mean, it's, it's, it's close. I, I think Lakers are still maybe bigger. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. But who would I like to work with? Just because there's like a, it's, it's, it's a weird thing with, I just feel like, there's so much saturation with the Dodgers shit. There's so much saturation with the Lakers shit. I would love to work with the Seahawks more just because they're, I feel like I have more potential there. If that makes any sense. Yeah. They're like, I'd say like they're kind of, they're newer than them. Right. Uh, yes. Last one, last one, just like you, do you have any questions for me? Um, all bullshit aside, like what do you do besides podcasting? Um, like, like how do you, how do you, how do you generate an income besides podcasting? Yeah, so I don't know if you remember we went live uh, during the pandemic. Did you remember that or no? I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. No, it's all good. No, no. So I do uh, sports marketing, um, and I work with athletes, helping them build their brands off the field. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. So I'm 28. You're 28. Yeah. Bro, with the beard and everything, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. You look like you're fucking 22, man. You look like you're fucking 19. I'll take it. You look like you live in a college dorm, man. You look no offense. I'm just saying you look very young. Yeah, no, it's good. I'll take it. No, right, yeah. so you're, you're from New England, so obviously, I mean, are you are you a? I mean, are you a Patriots fan? Hell no. I'm no okay. Which Dolphins. I'm not a guy. Um, basketball, man. Nets. The Nets. Yeah. Oh, good for you, man. And then uh, for yeah. baseball, are you Yankees. Yeah, Yankees. Okay, nice, man. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I don't know what else, man. I, and I hope I wasn't boring or anything. I just kind of gave you the most honest answers. No, um, great. Yeah, and I gave you all the time that you, you know, you possibly, you know, could. could yeah, uh, no, I didn't want. I wanted to ask you. I mean, you were just, you were just answering long, so. But that's all good. What is there another question? Go ahead and shoot it, dude. Oh, I mean, the only other question that I didn't ask you was, uh, how did uh, having kids change your life? Man, bro. I think that saved my life, not just changed my life. You know, I think being responsible for, for a child, you know, you start realizing that well, it's not about you anymore. 
which is the obvious answer a lot of people say, but some people don't step up to the plate. It's a constant reminder that no matter how much you have, you might not have enough because you want to make sure that they're good. And at a certain point, when do you let go? Let them fly out of the nest and whatever. And that hasn't happened yet, but it's like, fuck, you know, like at eight years old, I was already walking the streets of fucking and being out jumping on buses and going around. It's like, I could never imagine my son. He wouldn't even fucking know how to navigate. It's kind of like, damn, you know, we really have to groom him and make sure that he's, you know, how he's looked upon in society and things. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a lot of stress. Having two is a whole nother thing. Having three, now you're outnumbered with you and your spouse. You know, it's just, um, it's just, it's changed me different. I think it's given me a lot more compassion. I think having a daughter also definitely, 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 you know, I went from being such a piece of shit, cocksucker, dickhead, motherfucker to being just maybe just a piece of shit, you know? So like I took out the cocksucker and a dickhead part. And maybe when she gets older, I might even take the piece of shit part out. But, um, you know, um, providing is, 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 is something that's a very important thing for me. So, you know, it's, it's helped me in many ways. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was amazing. Um, that's, I mean, I think one thing that celebrities and whatever famous people you want, they should take from you just answering your supporters on, on Twitter, just interacting with people more. I think that's what you do really well. Oh, you think I do that? Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, to tell you the truth, I feel like I don't do it enough, but I do try to interact with people as way much more as than any way more than a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, and then that's, that's dope. But, you know, like, again, man, um, I was not in a rush at all whatsoever. I'm just like fucking exhausted. I'd be up early in the morning, but um, I appreciate you staying up late to do this. And I'm glad that we got it done, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.